The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba House of Team Reba, Remax Metro Eastside. And Eric Osnes here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy weekend. Yes, happy weekend. Back at you, it has been... An amazing couple of weeks of some incredible weather. Memorial weekend was outrageously good. I know we're just coming in on a short work week for people, or for most people, maybe not everybody, of course. I know I I worked, but but I did it enjoying the sun on my deck. It was absolutely beautiful out this Mm -hmm. weekend, yes. I uh, was up with uh, my brother up on Camino Island. Mm -hmm. Uh, We watched uh, some transients. Eating a porpoise. You mean orcas, <laughs> not do. like homeless people. <laughs> I don't know if Transient. they're homeless or not. <laughs> the ocean is their home. It's, they were out yeah. there for about oh, over three hours. Um, wow! And and these are you know they're transients because there's two types of orcas. If you're not kind of familiar, there's our resident orcas. Mm-hmm. They're sort of snobs. They only eat fish, mostly fish. Okay. Um, the transient orcas come up from California and they will eat. Seals, porpoises, basically other mammals, mm. and um, and they they do this by when they sort of catch one, they flip it up in the air multiple mm-hmm. times, and I think that's a, like a oh no. So you were watching them do that to a oh, porpoise? Oh, there was a group of them. Yeah, and oh, that poor porpoise. There were some some uh, some amazing photos also that were posted on the internet mm-hmm. of the thing, and oh. you know we're out there with our telephotos, but uh, yeah. it was they were out there for a very very long time, which is they they can put on quite a show in the summertime. Uh, so uh, got to watch that spectacle over the weekend. Uh-huh. That's an interesting thing to watch. While we're digging clams, <laughs> yes. yeah, life in the Northwest. I yeah, I know. I just. <laughs> Oh, you just made me a little sad. Oh, well, it's Because the purpose is, I know, I know it's all nature, yeah. but it's like, what a way to start the show. Let's talk I know, about some. I know, everybody, I know you're hiding your little stuffed animals of the orcas. <laughs> <laughs> there is a reason they call them killer whales, well, you know, too. No, I, I yeah. get that. I they, totally they are, get that. They, they can be a little bit, little bit brutal, yeah. uh, you know, when it comes to I know, that. it's just it's so, it's so unusual, I think, for for the porpoise like you mm-hmm. you see other things but. yeah there's a there's a lot of porpoise out there right now too and puget sandwich is a mm-hmm. you know a good good sign for the the mm-hmm. health of the area because uh, mm-hmm. we're seeing tons and tons of them out yeah. there yeah and every now and then one kind of loses their luck on on that yeah. deal well for those that aren't because of transient orcas <laughs> just a reminder for people out there we did have the folks from sr3 on here and that's also one of the nonprofits that you had your recent wedding that's have, right have instead of wedding gifts we did donations to that and i was very excited to be part of that yeah yeah. so you know if you're seeing a porpoise that's in trouble not because it's got some orcas chasing it right if it's you know if you see some other sea life that could use a little boost and a little help you know sr3 located down in des moines is a good place to go absolutely and please 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 if you see a baby seal pup on the beach Mm -hmm. leave it alone don't touch it don't touch it don't go over and do selfies with it fine yeah, yes. it's the mama's out mama's there, but feeding. if it sees people crowding around it, they may just say, forget it. Exactly. You know, but it's, it's like bunnies. You can't start messing with their no. children because yeah. 
you know, it's it's not good. They get abandoned. Uh, yes, so exactly. That, they get abandoned, which means they don't make it. It's so. very normal for a for a mom to leave her, her seal pups <laughs> on the beach while she goes yes. out and gets some. Humans get some might dinner. be helicopter moms and dads, but <laughs> <laughs> the seals, seals are not. Seals think of as a it's They're a parent a from the seventies. That's okay? right. It's a latchkey yeah. kid. Just Leave That's it right. alone. It'll be totally fine. Mom will come back when she's done with work. That's like me, gro- <laughs> me growing up. You know, we had this totally funny rule. Me. When the street light came on, yeah, that get was your fanny fine to home. come home. That's oh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you didn't, then all the neighbor, you know, parents were like, hey, get, get going, kid. Get going. Yeah. Everybody was on the Before same I make plan. You, you know. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Yep. Yep. But I boy. actually kind of miss those days sometimes. <laughs> well, we we survived, right? You know, yes. I uh, drank water out of a hose, <laughs> you know, stayed out. Yep. Yeah, it's amazing. You know what? That's so funny you say that because I was going to try and um, clean out my hot tub and I just ordered uh, a new hose to go with um, a little sump pump kind of thing to mm-hmm. get the water out. Sure. Because, you know, my ex in all of his wisdom put this thing up on the third floor of my house. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you don't even need a pump for that. Well, but here's the other thing he didn't do. He didn't put it sighted where the... Um, little outlet yeah yeah the little drain Mm -hmm. is not in a place i can get to yeah so i'm gonna have to i had to buy a sump pump uh, and a hose that can go three stories down without going wild and crazy yeah uh so that that's fun that's a little tip for you listeners like if you're gonna put a hot tub on a third floor deck Mm. do make sure you engineer it properly don't let the (laughs) thing get overfilled um and be thoughtful when you place it that you put the drain on a section that you can actually access. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess you've never had to <laughs> siphon gas tip. out of a car. <laughs> no, I did. I Yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. I know what that is. But it's still, you know, there's... I saw what was in that hot tub, and it was like, mm-hmm. mm, not going to touch my mouth. Yeah, the first, the first, yeah, <laughs> it you, you got to, it's all timing. You know, you got to yeah. hit that, get their mouth away from yeah. it before the, yeah. the fluid hits. But no you know what? what? Here's the is. thing. Those expandable hoses, yeah. I don't think they work in the same way as those old hoses. Oh, they don't? Yeah. No, no, no. That's the whole yeah. thing. It's expandable. Uh, so, gotcha. yeah, not the same. The, the but to ones. that point, it, it, it is interesting when buying garden hoses, how many of them say that they are safe to drink from mm-hmm. nowadays right 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 so it is one of those things you do i, I we've all had to now well, adapt and change that depending right. on what you plan on using that thing for yeah you know if you think your kids are going to be sipping out of the hose because they're you know out in the pool or whatever you know like yeah. buy the right one i just don't think we really cared about that back in the day well we also <laughs> didn't just, know about it right that's true well, <laughs> so, you know we all I'm, I'm just finishing the book sapiens mm-hmm. and it's all about the adaptation of the human race yeah and basically what we've done to the planet it's it's funny to hear you say that oh the purposes and the health of the ecosystem it's like yeah but we're still killing them all mm-hmm. <laughs> you know based well. on how we use stuff but yeah. i mean you know if you want a book that really wakens you up to mm-hmm. how we got to where we are in today's world mm-hmm. sapiens is a really great book i might have to check that out it's yeah. very yeah. good and, and as yeah. we learn more and more that was just discovered that there's a compound used to make car tires it makes the tires uv resistant mm-hmm. is what's killing fish oh no and so they take a little bit of that compound you know put it in a pool and mm-hmm. all of a sudden the fish are swimming in circles and then they're yeah and did you say toes up for fish i did F- fins up <laughs> Please just check and see if you're paying attention there fins up i don't know dorsals down yeah <laughs> whatever it is yeah and and so things that run you know into the storm drains and and all of that mm-hmm. of course that's not helping right 
you yeah. know, the situation. Yeah. So, I mean, we have to be, th- I mean, it is one of those things that as I'm coming to the end of this book, I'm in the last couple of chapters and it has shifted us all the way into um, capitalism and consumerism and what really has kind of created the world in the way that it is today and even mm-hmm. how the markets function. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a long way listeners to us getting around to tell you, know, telling you all this stuff that we were just like, blah, 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 blah. You're probably wondering what does this have to do with real estate? <laughs> Everything has to do with real estate. It all does. <laughs> That's right. Because everything ties right back fact, to real estate and the I'll human circle condition. that back around because <laughs> there was a photo somebody took from a boat of the orcas and right in the background was my brother's house. Oh, my brother's like, this is like the best advertisement ever. You know, oh. if I decided to sell my home. So, you know, well, tell him to send me a copy in case that gets to be me. I'll shoot that over to you. But let's, yeah, let's talk about what's Although going I on. Although I doubt he's ever going to sell that place. So, well, and what is but going you know what? on? Maybe we should talk about that. We are going to be talking about that. Why not? Yeah. But, okay, so what were fact, you going to have to ask? Well, me? Fact, what's going on in the market? Well, I was going to ask you that because about four doors down from my brother's home, there's a lot. Yes. Vacant lot. Mm-hmm. It's on the water. And it has, well, not vacant. There's a 1920s cabin on it right. that's crooked. It's super tiny. It's leaning to the to the yeah. north, and uh, that home just sold for just under 1.1 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at some point, I'm sure they're just going to knock that cabin down and build oh, something of bigger. Yeah. So, I mean, they basically paid a million bucks for a lot. Yes, I have an even uh, more well. I shouldn't say better. It's not a comparative element of that. Yeah. But I, so we just, the other week, um, we're working. So one of my past colleagues who's now retired in Mexico, mm-hmm. um, forwarded one of his contacts to me that this gentleman had looked, I don't know, three years ago at this property up on Queen Anne. Yeah. And it's a funky 1910 built house. And it now has actually gone. So it's been, it had been for sale by owner, for many years Mm -hmm. but the guy never got anyone to to purchase it well now he's passed on and it's getting sold in an estate sale Mm -hmm. at a price here's what's crazy and this is you're going to laugh at me at some point when i I start getting to some of the stuff we're going to talk about today but so the guy was trying to sell it for sale by owners it was on zillow for a really long time Mm -hmm. never got it sold Mm -hmm. right so in his lifetime he never got the benefit of having bought it for 200 something thousand and selling it for 1.3, 1.4 million because he mm-hmm. had it at that price point for mm-hmm. a while. Yeah. This person I was working with, uh, George, he was interested and he'd been all around the property. He just hadn't been in the property, yeah. right? So lo and behold, when it finally goes on the market, he and his family are on vacation in Hawaii. <laughs> so he's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Now, the good part from the agents, because they're like I am, mm-hmm. they did do a 3D tour. Okay. So I was able to send him the 3D link so that he could tour it internally. I took one of my team members with me and we physically went to the site because the 3D Mm. can tell you some, but it still isn't a full spatial unless you've got like the 3D glasses um, or goggles. So we went up there physically looking at it and you could see even more detail, of course. And so I had noticed there's these two braces where the house was... um, now braced to the foundation and it looked like it had shifted mm-hmm. at some point. Sure. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So com- that was part com- of very the- common up there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, so he was familiar also that another house had suffered some slide damage mm-hmm. at one point too. And so he was like, well, how do I, what do I do? What do I, you know, how am I supposed to handle that? And I said, well, a, a geotech specialist would probably be your best bet. But mm-hmm. I'm like, 
they're looking at offers in four days. Yeah. Whether you can get somebody out here, I don't know. So, um, so I did get him in touch with a high-end um, builder slash remodeler that I mm-hmm. knew who also we sent the information to. Had him start looking at it because then they wanted to – at least this guy knew a lot of the stuff about the city of Seattle and what could be you know accomplished there if he got the, the site, right? Mm-hmm. Well, but well, I'm going to have to tell you more of this right. after we get back from the break. But I got to tell you, it was an interesting exercise and um, – I think it's going to be valuable information for our listeners when we get back after these messages on Open House with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Ostinus from Homebridge Financial. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And we are here every Saturday from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock, bringing information on real estate and finance. Mm -hmm. With replays on Sunday from 3 to 4 p.m. And always on podcasts. Yes, always available. 212, 213 episodes? I think we're at 220 or so. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah, I know. It, well, we're, you know, we're in June now, right? So I it's know. like a couple more months and we're doing our sixth anniversary. I know. It goes Crazy. fast. Man, oh man. Crazy Just like talk. everything, it just goes so quickly. Oh, you know what? When we hit June 1st, I wasn't even thinking about that. Hmm? It's my anniversary in real estate and now 19 years. Oh. <laughs> Well, I gave, you the, I gave you the 15-year plaque. I'll have to That was a 10-year. Oh, was it the 10-year? Mm-hmm. My gosh. That was a 10-year because it was after we got through the housing crisis. The big the big meltdown. Uh-huh. Oh, I wow. I know. So wow. I'm almost in my second almost decade. Almost on your 20-year plaque. Holy crazy. cow. Wow. Well, I mean, I am going into my 20th yeah. year if I hit yeah. 19th anniversary. That's, That's nuts. really cool. I can't believe how much of my life has been spent in this. Yeah. And I still, like we come here every week. And we talk about it, and we still have more things to talk about well, all the time. I was just going to say. Because you're three-plus decades in. Yes, I am. 19 you know? years in real estate. Year. I'm over 30 years in, yeah. in mortgage. And it's like, are we nuts? Are we out of our minds? Sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I love going into work in the morning, though. I really do. I, yeah, I, mean, I do. Fun. I still I love what, what I do. I, do. Mm-hmm. I still absolutely love what I do. And I, the feeling that you get when you help a client achieve a goal, I mean, it's amazing. So let me go back to that story that I was just telling mm-hmm. you that before the break. So yeah. speaking of achieving goals, right? Yeah. Because um, this leads into lots of different uh, elements of conversation that we're going to have over this show and the next show. Um, so we're looking. I get the builder to look at it. The builder starts telling him what with the envelope because of the very steep slope that it's on, the way it's terraced, everything. He says, look, if you ha- if you tear this thing down, you can't do anything bigger than the footprint it's already on. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you could build a much bigger house. Um, it definitely could have maybe another floor on it if you were to do another. He goes, but the, but the one that's sitting there would not be able to support it. Mm. You couldn't just use the shell that's there mm-hmm. to do the new place because yeah. it's 1910. That foundation yeah. is not yeah. going to make right. it happen, Mm-mm. right? So we were going through all these different things, and the guy's like, "It's going to be at least eight hundred thousand dollars," and I can't imagine paying because it was on market for just under one point four. Wow! Right? Yeah. So he's like, "I just," he's like, "Would it support that price?" I said, "Well, if you could do something nice in there, yes, because it's." this unobstructed view out to the sound mm-hmm. and the mountains on, you know, the West side of Queen Anne, like really close to Cary park and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So he just, he couldn't wrap his head around paying more than he's like, I, I can't imagine paying more than a million for it. Well, here's what ended up. They got five offers of which three of them went to 1.65 million or above. Mm. And the one that they took was cash. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, that's not a house. I, I was wow. in it, and it is funky Yeah, and has some serious issues. Is it habitable, though? <laughs> uh, if listeners could see my face. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, you could live in it. Would you like it? No. Yeah. Okay, it's got a gotcha. really tiny kitchen. Yeah. Um, you can you can tell there's been a lot of additions over time. Mm-hmm. The bedrooms are very small. You can see that the radiant heat has leaked on the floors because there's damage on the floors mm-hmm. um, that are mostly fur. And then one of them was covered up with probably asbestos tile. So mm-hmm. there's there's oh, yeah. a whole okay. lot of yeah. you know big work that would be needed to to turn that into something that people would like to live in in today's standards yeah right the the downstairs was unfinished they had started putting a bathroom in and it was really wonky and they hadn't even yet connected anything to the actual drain pipes so like they cut open the floor did all this stuff but so that's your standard 1.6 million dollars 1.65 plus million dollar (laughs) home that's actually going to be just gutted right so kind of like your brother's neighbor um, this is, you know, people who are, are purchasing that and it's going to be a long time because keep in mind getting permits in the city right now, you know, yeah. you're like two years out. Right. So it's, you know, it's not going to be a fast process. No, no, definitely not. So you've, you've got to be patient. Um, and it, you know, in that location that you're talking about also with your brother, cause your brother's on Camino Island, right? Mm-hmm. So that's more of, it has been sort of vacation and or retirement, but it's turning more and more into primary residence it now. Is. Right? It is, for sure. Well, and folks can work from home, or right. many can. Exactly. And that's changed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know one person up on the island that still works in Seattle, but he uh, drives to the Stanwood train station yeah. and takes the train. Oh, yeah. There's lots of people who are mm-hmm. far out. I remember years ago, I was at a function when um, Sound Transit was doing a big tour and meeting up mm-hmm. with different companies. And it was very interesting to be with Seattle Children's Hospital showing where all of their employees come from. Mm-hmm. And it was at least a five-county radius. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, so let me tell you what happened, though, with George. Mm-hmm. We didn't end up putting an offer in, but I, I followed up with him, mm-hmm. right? So then I went back and said to him, I'm like, he goes, well, could, could you still look for a house for me? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, yeah, of course I can. And I said, but do you need it? to be Seattle because he's, you know, he's from California and Mm -hmm. he's like, no, it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. Seattle. I said, okay, well, if you're open, then how about I set up a bunch of different searches for you? And so what I ended up doing over Memorial weekend was I spent about an hour Mm -hmm. and I went through, uh, and this is because I've been traveling into these counties quite a bit for a lot of other people and myself. Um, I set up Thurston Kitsap, Jefferson, Clallam, King, Pierce, Snohomish, Skagit, and Island Counties. Mm-hmm. For water, waterfront for or water, just for view? For view. Yeah. And oh some gosh. of them are waterfront. 1.4, 1.5 will buy But the you thing is, is, well, here, but here's the interesting thing. As I was, and, we, and as we look, as we go further out in a field, mm-hmm. the further afield I went, the fewer high, high-priced homes there are. That's one of the reasons why I was telling her, I said, well, do I have to be here? Because in this area, you've got all these high-income earners, so you're competing with all of them who want to mm-hmm. live in these areas mm-hmm. full-time. But if I go further afield, what was interesting was like the further I went out, the fewer high-end homes there really were, because mm-hmm. those homes aren't yet at King County prices. Right. Right. But they're getting there. They are. And that was one of the things we were going to be talking about in these two shows, because a lot of people have been buying second homes. Cause like, here's, here's what I was going to tell you earlier is 
I just put my two rental properties. I have a duplex and a fourplex in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And because of some stuff we're going to talk about coming up, because I'd been hearing that they might change capital gains taxes, because I heard that they were um, throwing around the idea of eliminating the 1031 exchange, Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to be ahead of this, Mm -hmm. even though I know it, because I've wanted to buy a vacation property or, you know, Mm -hmm. investment property here for quite some time. But because our prices are going up so quickly, Mm -hmm. I just decided I'm just going to go put them on the market and see what happens. And then that way, at least I know those funds are coming available to me versus me trying to just save because I do have equity in those properties and I would Mm -hmm. rather just sell both of them together Mm -hmm. and then roll that money into something here locally. Get it while you can. And, And honestly, even if I had to pay capital gains on it, I'd still rather pay it at the lower level and have that money available to mm-hmm. me than not have it at all. Yeah. I mean, that's that's going to be the, the big concern with some of the, the proposed tax plans that are coming mm-hmm. out. Um, yeah. You know, Which I know so. that the real estate, you know, like mm-hmm. the realtors organization is fighting that. They are. Yeah, they are. Uh, we'll we'll see how that all how that all goes. You know, mm-hmm. Congress is pretty pretty uh, dead set on on implementing some of those changes and and they they have potentially at least the votes to do it there'll be a fight right uh, but but it is a real it is a real risk yeah well uh, and i've told you like i've done tom ferry coaching before and mm-hmm. it was interesting uh, so one of the other things i did over the memorial weekend was i was watching like a 25 minute video of his mm-hmm. and in it he was talking about that he says that he personally is calling every ceo of every business he knows mm-hmm Telling them like, hey guys, because almost all of you have real estate, real estate in your mm-hmm. portfolios. Right. You better be calling mm-hmm. and voicing, you know, what you think about it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an but what you you have some information on it, right? Do. You want to share it with our listeners? Because yeah, I've been talking too much. Let's talk about rates first. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry. And let's and do then that. We, and then we'll jump we into it. We might have a little bit of a longer conversation on uh, yeah. some of the tax implications yes. and true, 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 and all of that going on. Um, you know, we we still have uh, extremely good interest rates. Uh, they they are becoming a little bit more volatile. Um, you know, the big hobgoblin out there is, is the fear of inflation. And we had mm-hmm. some whopping inflation numbers, you know, a few weeks ago. Uh, although those were pretty much limited to, to a very small segment of, of the economy. Mm-hmm. Housing is one of them, of course. We'll be talking, continuing to talk about that. Uh, but uh, so far, the bond market has largely shrugged off, you know, the uh, the inflation concerns, thinking they are transitory or I guess that's our theme today, transient. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, so uh, you know, so far we, we haven't had a real panic, you know, come up with with inflation. We really have our eyes on the Fed. And the Fed, yeah. you know, they, they have an open market committee. They meet about every six weeks. They try and decide the, the future course for interest rates uh, with a goal of controlling inflation, keeping it from getting out of control, but also maintaining full employment and, um, you know, so they're, they're looking at a, a couple different, different targets. You know, they like to look at PCE, which is personal consumption oh, okay. and expenditures. And, uh, that one came in a little bit, a little bit hot, uh, last week as well. But again, the bond market kind of sort of shrugged it off, but the fed is also talking about, um, about tapering and tapering okay. away from purchasing mortgage backed securities. And the Fed will tell you they're purchasing up to about $40 billion in mortgages every week. Uh, we think it's double that. 
uh, you know, they don't necessarily give us the exact numbers. Okay. Uh, I was but, like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, because it's done through what are called open market operations, they'll, they'll actually hire brokers. Okay. They don't just hire one. Yes. It's hard. It's hard to get oh, okay. all the, the full, the full details on what they're doing. Okay. Uh, but basically by purchasing mortgage backed securities they're keeping the mortgage market liquid and that keeps interest rates lower. And so at some point they're going to, they're going to back off from that because their balance sheet can only grow so much, although even now it's staggering. Mm-hmm. And, and when that happens, that will tend to push interest rates higher. So they've been, you know, the Fed's very careful about the words they say. Everything right. is supposed to be measured and everything, but they've mm-hmm. slipped a few times recently. Okay. And even last week, they're like, we're thinking about starting to have the conversation of discussing the possibility of tapering. It's like that sounds like a woman okay. who's like, I'm thinking about maybe perhaps we should start looking at having a baby. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So which the people listening to it. So they go, what? Uh, what? Uh, what's going on here? But in the, in the short uh, right now, 30 year fixed rates, the national average, 3.12 percent. Pretty hard to beat that. 15-year fixed rates, 2.56. Nice. Jumbo rates, 3.12. Awesome. It's a good time still to jump in No wonder 1.65 million on that house. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, stay tuned. We've got more Open House with Team Reba when we come right back after these short messages. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1580. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, REMAX Metro Eastside. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. You know, I, I got a problem with <laughs> oh. core logic. Oh, and anybody, the, the company, not the like, company. Not, not that someone no, 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 has no, their own of, like, yeah, personal. Not how our brains function, yeah. but no, the actual <laughs> core logic, you know. Yeah, incorporated. Yes. Um, CoreLogic is a company that puts out their forecasts on how home prices are going to appreciate. And my gosh, have they been off on on everything? Uh, I was. Well, just, it wouldn't be the first time. Oh, I, I know, but they keep on on doing this. Like uh, they they just came out with a with a report that um, home prices, you know, for the month of April increased. 13% and broke many records. Mm-hmm. You know, these are national numbers. Yeah. Locally, it's probably even even worse than that. Yeah. You know, but, okay, so it's up 13%. But then their their forecast is that for by April 2022, home growth will grow, will slow to 2.8%. What? Based on what? How's that going to happen? We have, we have record low interest rates. Right. We have a severe shortage of inventory. Right. And in fact, you know, part of that, any baby boomers the- out there, it's your fault. Um, it's your fault. <laughs> Did you know? And this that- is coming from one of your own. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I, you're my people. But um, <laughs> do you know the I'm average, <laughs> the average baby boomer is keeping their home now for 13 years. That's double what it used to be mm-hmm. the previous generation. The previous, yeah. you could almost figure seven, seven to nine years, years. Seven to nine typically. years, right? Yeah. yeah. 13 now. Yeah. That's okay, up but, 50%. But, you need okay, to but, sell your homes. <laughs> and move where? <laughs> I don't know. That's the problem. See, that's that's going to be our show next that's week. That's why we're it was funny when we had homes. that Zillow economist, when she's like, we're coming for your houses. And it was yeah. like, yeah. that's a bold statement lady but i mean she was right because she's a millennial right and she's like there's not enough houses for us which is exactly because they're all in the baby making time i mean my comment before we went on the last break was probably appropriate (laughs) right you're absolutely right (laughs) because 
Because that's what's going on is they are in that time of life. Yeah. Right. They're in their careers. They're doing well. They're, you know, mm-hmm. settling down. Um, and, but you, I mean, we do remember though, that part of the reason the baby boomers are doing that is one, a lot of them had to put off retirement because mm-hmm. of the housing crisis. Right. Right. And now it, well, I actually just had a conversation with a woman this last week who was referred to me and you know what? Here's, here's the thing, listeners, not all real estate agents tell you, you should sell your house. Mm-hmm. And so I had a meeting. I love the people at the Renton Civic Theater. You remember mm-hmm. Bill Holtz oh, sure, came sure, on the sure. show. Yeah. So his wife's sister was referred to me by them. Mm-hmm. And so I met with her and she's the same age I am. Yeah. Right. So we're both 52. And she's mentioning to me, she's lived in this house for 16 years, wants to do all this. You know, she tells me all the stuff she wants to do to change it. Or should I just buy another house? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you're going to have to fix a bunch of stuff if you tried to put it on the market anyway, because it's got mm-hmm. some things that are are just absolutely have to be done uh, unless she wants to not maximize what she gets out of the house. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're having this conversation and she goes, hey, and this is the thing got me. And I love that we do this show so that we teach people things. She goes, I've refinanced this a couple of times. She goes, did you know that when you refinance, it's for another 30 years? Really? And I'm like, I'm controlling my face as much as possible. Like, Yes, I nobody am aware. Nobody is putting a gun to your head saying you have to take 30 years to pay that off. Right, but 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 she said nobody explained it. So oh. it, I will say she's not the first person I've had that conversation with yeah. where they just think it's the same timeline, but you're getting a lower interest rate, right? right? Oh, yeah. And so she was like, that means by the time I'm able to retire, I'll still have 15 more years to pay this <laughs> off. Right. And so she, because the rates have gone so low, right. She refinanced into a 15 year mm-hmm. at an incredible rate. Sure. And so now when she get and she met with a, a planner, mm-hmm. a wealth planner. And so now she is set up to have her home paid off by the time she gets to retirement age. Wonderful. Yeah. And so she, but this goes into your housing inventory shortage because mm-hmm. she's not planning on moving anywhere. Yeah. And so I actually, you know, talked her into a, a different plan of how to modify her house. I said, here's the thing. I'm like, if you're going to stay in this house and you take it from a three to a two bedroom, because it's three bed, one bath right now with one of the mm-hmm. bedrooms being too tiny anyway. Mm-hmm. I said, if you took this into a two bed, two bath, that's fine. Yeah. In fact, that's actually making it more valuable mm-hmm. because people would rather have a primary suite. And that was your opportunity right. to make right. a bigger room, primary suite, which is more valuable in most people's minds. And then, cause someone would still buy this and they would prefer it with a two bath. Even though that's not your traditional three-bedroom. No, but but it's a great starter home for somebody. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. And she's yeah. in a perfect starter neighborhood. Yeah. And so that's that's just as valuable. In right. fact, having the second bathroom is more valuable, and it's right. something that she needs. So mm-hmm. we went through all those details. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time. I've been considering um, starting charging consulting fees for things like this because I spend hours with people right. only to not sell them something. George, even, in fact, I sent an invoice to because he kept saying, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste your time. And we spent at least a good 16 hours mm-hmm. on him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just to do the evaluations, drive to the property, get him engaged with the builder, do the research, all the phone calls we had, 16 hours of unpaid time. Right, right. Right? So, you know, there, there's there's things that are happening in the industry I think are going to get quite interesting. This is but, why attorneys are smarter than we are. <laughs> well, but they also don't always get their bills paid. That's but true. Um, But I will say it, it it's all those things in in this conversation, though, are leading to part of why we have this shortage of inventory, mm-hmm. which is why those guys are way off base oh they're they're super they're off just base. completely 
yeah. wrong, and they've been wrong for quite a while yeah. now. Well, because the other thing that's also driving um, some of the stuff that's going on, right? You know, like you brought some uh, numbers actually about cost of construction. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you want to finish your point about CoreLogic. I mean, I just think well, they're a bunch of bozos, but. Well, I, I, I bring it up because you'll hear it on the news, you'll hear it on the radio, because CoreLogic gets a lot of press. And, mm-hmm. you know, home values only expected to, you know, appreciation expected to plummet to 2.8% by next yeah. year. It's like. I don't see uh, that I happening. I don't see it happening at all. No. Not even close. No. And, you know, because it, number one, interest rates are not expected to take off. Right. We don't think they're going to go sky high. Right. Uh, we think they'll stay relatively stable. Maybe they'll mm-hmm. inch up a little bit this year. Yeah. But, but then if they do. That inching up is going to slow things a bit, and they'll inch back down, and then there, there we go again. You right. know, we'll be right off back again to the races. So I just don't, I just really don't see it happening. But that's our, that's our, that's our well, world. And well, I can pressed. just tell you from um, the perspective of what the market's doing right now. You know how I like to use that little market watch. Um, in this last seven days, we had one thousand seven hundred eighty-seven new listings, and we had three thousand one hundred eighty-nine pending sales. Wow. Still, that's we're still, you know, three yeah. to two ratio. It's still pretty nuts. Yeah. Well, you know what? And so let's let's talk about this. So, too. And, and maybe we can, um, you know, get some of our millennials off the fence, you mm-hmm. know, because capital gains taxes are, are another big, big concern. Mm-hmm. And the, the laws that stands right now is if, if you're if you're filing single, you can have up to $250,000 in capital gains and not not pay capital gains tax. Right. Married filing jointly. Um, you can enjoy a five hundred thousand dollar exemption. Mm-hmm. Now, this is if you are selling your your principal residence, right? You know, so there's that two year rule. You must have occupied the residence for at least two out of the last five years, you know, to qualify right. as your 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 primary residence. And um, you know, this is this is at risk. Um, you know, with with this capital gains tax, is it, is that going to go up? Is it going to be? Is the exemption going to be eliminated? Mm-hmm. You know, all these things are on the table right now. You know, so five hundred thousand dollars, just like you gave an example, of, you know, before the last break of somebody that you know was bought it for X and sold it for mm-hmm. Y. You know, they're going to have a gain of seven, eight hundred thousand dollars. That's not uncommon at all in no. our local market, especially right. if you have somebody who's maybe elderly. They bought the home in the fifties or sixties. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know they they're selling it now. You know, they bought it for well, my dad he bought his home for thirteen thousand yeah. dollars. You know, sold it for seven hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Right. Know? So there you go. There's there's a, there's a gain. Yep. Um, one of the other things I'm gonna I'm gonna mention in that 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 um, that may come up is what's called your basis in a home. Right. Your tax basis is, and, and basically what your gain is going to be calculated on, mm-hmm. is what you paid for the home, plus any capital improvements. Right. You know that's going to be divided like by the renovations. Sale price. The renovations and, and that sort of thing. And um, I just spilled water so um, in the studio here. So if you hear me pause, that's why I don't see any sparks going yet. So I think we're all good. Oh, my gosh. At least it was only on your laptop. Step away from no, your radios for just a minute, just in case. Oh, my gosh. But uh, anyway, um, so so the gain is is important because it's it's improvements that you put into the home, you know, you know com- compared to the sale price that you sold the home for. And um, there's talk of eliminating what's called the step up. And the step up is really important because right now, if somebody passes away, mm-hmm. the basis in the home 
adjusts to the market value on the day of, of that person's death. And if they're talking about eliminating the step up. So if the step up gets eliminated, all of a sudden, you know, these there's That's some huge. massive, massive capital gains. That is that really, really big to, because right. we've had, well, I mean, at, like your dad's example, mm-hmm. he didn't get the 725 Mm-mm. sale price. His estate did. The estate did. did. Right, and the basis stepped right. up to seven. And if you guys had decided to hang on to that property mm-hmm. and let it continue growing in value, then mm-hmm. different story. You would have done that based on the seven twenty five and not his original purchase. Mm-hmm. Right, but what this is saying is, even in that case, it would not. It would, um, it would go back to the original formula, and you would not have that step up. So, eliminating that step up is is on the table right now folks wow and, that's big and if you're that's really so, really big so this is a good time to be thinking about that being reconnecting with your financial planner mm-hmm. reconnecting with your estate planner and coming yeah. up with some oh strategies you that, know, for, for all of this you know what if depending on where these things are going I did, i'm trying to remember when we had darcel lobo on mm-hmm. and we were talking about estate planning did, did this we didn't come up? mention that no oh now i have another topic to bring her back on for yeah, abs- absolutely. If, if this abs- goes that direction, absolutely. because the reason why we're saying that, listeners, is because there are strategies for sure in how you work with your family, but it does require communication and mm-hmm. planning. Yeah, for sure. To be able to work around these things. Right, right. Because now we're going to be looking at maybe how we we set the title on the property. Yes. The estate. You know, trusts. Trusts. Um, LLCs. I yeah. mean, there's a, there's All a whole bunch of, things. of different things that you can mm-hmm. do to, you know, potentially, yeah. you know mitigate that type of a risk right but it's big it's a big deal you should be talking to your congress people talking to your senators and tell them that um you know this ain't good for me or my family right anyway yeah we've got a little bit more open house with team reba when we come back we've got just a real quick short commercial message and talking more about the impacts of all these changes on you and your wallet stay tuned open house with team reba on am 1580 the answer. Yeah, I'm looking. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. And Reba, if somebody wants to reach out to you, how can they contact you? Well, one of the best ways they can is to set an appointment, send an email to info at teamreba.com. Excellent. Or they can, you can always still text me. Um, I have had people call, but if I don't know what your number is, I don't always answer directly. So if you have my text number 206-910-3429, then I can uh, make sure that I can accept your call or I'll just let me know who you are and then I will call you back at that number. Excellent. Very good. How about you? I'm pretty easy too. Eric at ericismybanker.com. That's Eric with a C. You can always catch me by email. I uh, call or text me as well. It's just 206-915-ERIC, uh, 206-915-3742. I actually know your number better than my own. <laughs> every time every time you ask me to do this, I always have to stop and think for a second. It's like, you need to warn me you're about to ask me that. <laughs> well, because we also, we also have a new uh, Google number right. that's for our team yeah, also. Yeah. And I don't have that one memorized yet. <laughs> so you definitely need to be telling me you're about to ask me my phone number. Oh, boy. But yeah. Um, but yeah. But I will say, I know you're working, speaking of listeners contacting us, mm-hmm. we do have someone that you're talking to right now mm-hmm. about the potential of investment property. That's right. Taking out maybe a line of credit on his property and That's right. purchasing 
perhaps a fourplex or that's something right. like that. So yes. I'm glad that we're going to be talking next about 1031 exchanges because that's a new purchase for him, not an exchange. Mm -hmm. But anyone getting into you know becoming a landlord needs to be paying attention to what's going on right now. Yeah, absolutely. And if you own an investment property and let's say you, it's time to, like you mentioned in earlier, a few episodes ago, you or a few segments ago, you want to, you've got properties listed for mm -hmm. sale in the Midwest. You're going to yep. sell those. Do I do a 1031 tax deferred exchange, mm -hmm. which is a program that will allow you to sell a property and defer, not eliminate, but defer right. paying the capital gains on that property as you're rolling those into a new yeah. investment property. It right. needs to be like for like. In other words, an investment property for an investment property it doesn't have to be a fourplex or a fourplex yes. or a single family for a single family. Right. Uh, but, Many people make that mistake. They mm -hmm. assume that they have to buy the exact same kind of property, and that's not. It's just more real property. However, probably the biggest thing that people don't recognize is that it has to be a more expensive mm -hmm. property. Right. That's the whole point of the 1031 is to continue rolling investments and keeping kind of the economic engine behind it moving mm -hmm. forward. Right. It doesn't it doesn't do the government any good to just say, "Oh yeah, I want to sell this $200,000 building and buy another $200,000 building and just keep the same level of debt on it." The idea is that you roll it up, you get the benefit of not having to pay those taxes because you are going to a more expensive property. Right. But then you're also taking out the loans because there's a whole industry that is supported by those adjustments. Right. And this may sound like an obscure concept, but it's not. In fact, according no. to the National Association of Realtors, 12% of real estate transactions uh, between 2016 and 2019 involved a 1031 exchange. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's it's almost a little bit more than one out of five transactions or yeah. or of that nature, and and so it's a, it's a big deal. Why are we talking about it now? Because it also is on the chopping block. Yes, it is under the new uh, Biden. Uh, tax program. In fact, under the under the new program, um, the 1031 gain um, could would abolish the use of it for any gains over five hundred thousand dollars. Right. Well, like we just said, it, I mean that mm -hmm. that's a lot of people, and and especially in the Northwest. Yes. And yeah. The way our market has been since twenty twelve. Yeah, hundred mm -hmm. percent. That is a lot of the properties that are here. Well, I've told, I've said on this show many, many times over the last several years. When we went from having hardly any small properties being sold to now mm -hmm. there's quite a few yeah. of just the duplex to fourplex, right. most of those are selling at 700000 to $2.3 mm -hmm. regularly yeah. in King County. Yes. And that's all over the places. Places I sold back in 2006 in Federal Way that were selling for 400 425 those properties are now selling at 750 to 850 and I mean, that's, that's significant. It's, it may not be half a million yet, but it's getting awfully close. And th this is the kind of thing number. I'm going to be contacting past clients about to say, Hey, if you're thinking about doing an exchange and doing something different now might be the right time to at least yeah. talk about it with your CPA. Absolutely. Because another provision of this is that even if you're under that $500,000, you know, threshold, mm -hmm. it too is eliminating the step up in basis. Uh, and and so this has been used oh. a lot for a person. Let's say you're you're retired. You're you're doing a 1031 exchange. You know, you plan on holding that for your life, and then it, when you get to the very end, of course, you could avoid paying the the taxes at all because your basis goes up at, upon mm -hmm. your death. So that's also in the right. process of being eliminated under the the proposals. And the argument 
for abolishing this plan is is that wow we're just benefiting big business and big corporations but actually when you look at the studies about two-thirds of the people who benefit from a 1031 mm-hmm. exchange are individuals yeah they're, they're not corporations they're right. individuals this this actually makes me worried because it's going to harm the individual the most and the thing is that we have right now people with those large pools of money mm-hmm. buying up individual real estate right now mm-hmm. and they can afford to hold on to it right. forever. To them, rent is a dividend. Mm-hmm. It's, exactly. And it's going to, I think, change the face of who owns property. Well, and we, we're seeing that already in the Northwest. There are a fair number of hedge funds and, mm-hmm. and different groups that are coming in here. There's one I know of recently with over $250 million yeah. in money that we've talked about it on the purchasing. show. Yeah. And so. it's just like, like I read these things in uh, a lot of the RSS feeds I have and, and trade trade stuff that I, I, I pay attention to. I, I pay attention to our industry news more than I do like the general news mm-hmm. all the time. And it, it does disturb me mm-hmm. um, watching it become so corporatized. Right. I mean, I, right. I think tenants over time are going to have a harder time of it because you'll have the faceless, nameless person you're trying to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, everything that goes. And, you know, so anyone who's ever in that, my life wasn't perfect situation it's going to really start to struggle mm-hmm. i think i i agree and i'm also kind of thinking long term here what about our 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 big complaint in seattle is the high price of rent yeah it's we're driving out low to moderate income people mm-hmm. uh will yeah. this type of a tax proposal start a, a rush of folks deciding to sell Mm-hmm. this year yeah. in not, not, and now not just the city of seattle people because right. they're not tired of the council Pretty but everyone everywhere. else right. right right i mean that's that's a real thing to consider you know so and and we know that when somebody sells their rental home at least especially in, in the seattle mm-hmm. area it's not being purchased by another investor it's being purchased mm-hmm. by an owner occupant yeah and, in some of those that, cases yeah it takes one more rental home out of the rental pool mm-hmm. And yeah. supply and demand. The fewer homes you have available to rent, the higher it pushes rent yeah. prices. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. I will say, because those prices are high, one of the things I've noticed recently, I have a lot of different clients looking in North Seattle right now. Mm-hmm. The number of homes that do, that do have converted space to ADUs. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just unbelievable change in the last 10 years. Right. Right. Unbelievable change. Yeah. I mean, I, part of that's pushed by Airbnb, but it's also because of our prices mm-hmm. and the way some of the younger people are willing to live for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, uh, if they're sure. in shared housing and they're single or they're just couples, they don't mind sharing households together. But at some point, they do get tired of that, especially if they're about to start a family or they need all that extra right. space or I, then they have to move. I'm working with a client right now that they're purchasing a home in it's actually Normandy Park that mm-hmm. has a detached accessory dwelling unit. Mm-hmm. They're going to live in the, in the, the the dadu yeah and rent out the main home yeah you know, smart because it was a way for them to to be able to afford this right pretty cool property yeah and, and then when they need more space yeah, at they some can point, just they'll probably adjust. flip-flop that yeah you know, as incomes go well that's up how my house change. is mm-hmm. yeah okay. i'll eventually use my apartment as my landing pad you know that's that's the whole point of like selling my properties in kansas is that i want to buy a, a vacation rental place up here because mm-hmm. I want to be able to like go and check on it. Like where I'm at right now, like I have a tenant who's moving out and that's part of what's pushing me to do this. They've been my tenants since 2004. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, you know, I don't like being so far away from the property. I can't really go mm-hmm. check on it. Sure. And so it's, to me, it's, it's worth it to bring it closer and then eventually I can, could use it too. So well, hope we've given you some information, things to think about over the rest of your weekend. Thanks again for listening in to Open House with Team Reba. 
We're going to be here every Saturday, 2 to 3 o'clock, Sundays, 3 to 4. And always on podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.